0: You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are ya? Welcome to another episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, what's up, man? How you doing, brother?
1: Hey, I'm well and I'm blessed,
0: Doc. I'm doing uh,
1: absolutely marvelous. Uh, ready for this uh, this next episode. A lot of good things happening in the world of sports. Uh, from Memphis to South Florida to San Francisco to Boston. So, and it's summertime, Doc, so you can smell it in the air, man. It's starting to happen. You got a couple couple NFL camps that are having their mandatory mini camps this weekend. And uh, you know, we know what happens after that. That real deal starts to come.
0: Man, not only can we smell summer, we can feel it too, bro. Because the minute I step outside, man, I'm sweating like, a, man, I'm sweating like an ancestor, bro. Sweating like an ancestor right there. But speaking of sweating, man, hey, Boston Celtics sweating again today, dog, because game five of the NBA finals were played in San Francisco last night, man. The Boston went in there and got the ass tore up. They played okay, but they got the ass to it, man. Golden State wins the ball game. 104 to 94, Isaac. They're now up now up three games to two. But the bad thing about that, if you're the Boston Celtics, man, is that Steph Curry played like trash, bro, offensively, man, after going off of 43 in game four. My boy went for 16, man. 0 for 9 from three-point range. I think he snapped. I mean, he had a record of 132 straight playoff games hitting the three. That was snapped in game five. But despite that, bro, Golden State still won and Boston still lost, man. And now they up three games to two. And I don't know, the Celtics, man, y'all lose that when that dude's shooting like that, man. That says a lot about Golden State, but it also says something about Boston that they might be a little nervous, man. But Golden State, bro, took care of business, man. And it was really that dude, Andrew Wiggins. He monstered out last night, Ike.
1: Well, Doc, when you talk about championship DNA, man, that's everything that Golden State Warriors have been almost for this past decade, man. And everything that they do from, you know, a cultural standpoint to uh, development of players, uh, bringing in the right pieces to fit, their, fit in their culture, drafting, uh, you know, players that they develop. I mean, you just see so many examples of what an organization should be run like in a well-run organization. And that is the Golden State Warriors, man. But last night games, man, man Doc, it was I mean, it was indicative of that because uh, the, the Warriors came out with a with an attitude of, you know, we're going to try to smash you. We're going to try to take control of this series and no better place to do it in San Francisco at home. Uh, but as far as, you know, the headliners of this series have have been concerned with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you mentioned it, Doc. Uh, in game four, Steph Curry had a had a huge game, man, one of those iconic games in the finals that will go down in history. And then he comes back, and you see the adjustments of the NBA, how teams adjust to one another. Uh, e made it made it a focus to limit it, the touches uh, that Steph Curry received and make sure that they were face guarding him, being physical with him. And it paid off. Now, those, those are some, some of the things that I feel like the Boston Celtics could take from that game as far as the way they played Steph Curry and really put the onus on the other team to score other players on that team to score points which they did now what's what's to say about this upcoming game doc this adjustment and how they'll play it um who knows it's a game of adjustments and i'm sure steve kerr will figure out something how you can get steph curry going or steph curry himself do what superstars do they'll get themselves going in, in, in the next coming game but a lot of highlights for the Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson, he's waking up, Doc, which is a scary thought for them. You're getting great play from Jordan Poole. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. Doc. Let's let's just pause there for a second. Yeah. Because this is this is this is one of those things where you can say the importance of an atmosphere in the development of players. Doc. It's so important that guys grow up and come around other great players and have great veteran leadership to show guys with a lot of potential that talent isn't enough and if you don't work hard you're somebody that works hard will will outshine your talent this is an example of that with the way andrew wiggins is playing doc he was the first overall pick for a reason we can see his athleticism his ability to jump his ability to guard jason tatum doc let's be real he's giving jason tatum fits and um He's everywhere. He's all over the court. He's okay with his role. The role that he's playing for the Golden State Warriors and the light is shining on Andrew Wiggins. Man, he has a great legacy. His mom was a track runner. His dad played in NBA finals versus the Boston Celtics with the Houston Rockets. But everything Andrew Wiggins is doing is everything they wanted from him in Minnesota. And now you see how a great ran culture and organization can bring it out of a player like Andrew Wiggins, like the Golden State Warriors are doing right now.
0: And I think it is with uh, Andrew Wiggins and the Golden State Warriors. He doesn't have that pressure of being the man. Even in Minnesota, he wasn't the man, but they wanted him to be a, to be the man. They expected him to be the man when he was in Cleveland. You know, when he got LeBron was like, "His ass got to get up out of here, man. I'm back now, so we need to roll him somewhere else." But uh, coming back to Andrew, but going back to Steph, I got to give Ime Udoka a lot of credit for this because Ime is like, "Okay, all right, Steph bust our ass for 43 points in Game Four. You know what? What, what we gonna do?" We're going to act like we're going to keep letting his ass roam around, shoot free. Now get up in his beam, get up in his face, make him work. Cause he, he NBA old. He was like, I want to see if he, if his NBA old ass can do the same thing in game five, In game four, see if he can find some energy. And he basically looked like he had the energy or the legs. So got to give Udoka a lot of credit for that because they made Steph Curry work for a lot of those shots, all that damn screen screening and all that damn running and all that, Doing like day day and next Friday when he was running from a a, a, a big girl with them sweets It was making him do that man. And I gotta give email Doka credit for that. But what he didn't probably didn't realize is that he knew that though. He like damn, we focus on Steph. Steph gonna get his anyway. If we focus on Steph, somebody else gonna go off. And Andrew Wiggins did that man. Twenty six points, thirteen rebounds. You said it, be Playing great defense on Jason Tatum. He did it on both ends of the court. And the yam he that the, the yam sandwich he gave their ass, bro. And one time he flew through the through the lane and just I don't even know what he did with his body, man. He was just like a slinky, like I say, John ja Morant showed showed all his athleticism, and they were not counting on that, man. And you said that Klay Thompson have been struggling, bro. He goes five eleven, four eleven from three point range, and the damn Golden State Warriors went nine to forty from three point range, so they couldn't hit hit a damn thing. And Clay hit five of those, and Jordan Poole hit three of those, so the rest of them wasn't doing anything. So big game by Andrew Wiggins, man. I like that as far as his confidence, is concerned. And Boston still be, because you talked talking about Jason Tatum, Mike B. Jason Tatum, let me see, finished with 27 points, bro. Ten rebounds, 10 or 20 from the field, five of nine from three-point range. So if somebody look at that without watching the game, they'll be like, damn, Jason Tatum was balling now. No, bro, because in the fourth quarter, he only had five points. Took seven shots in the fourth, made one. That was a three with 327 left. They was already down at the point, at that point, 93 to 79. So Jason Tatum was quiet as hell in the fourth quarter as far as offensive output uh, and offensive efficiency as well as Golden State played Andrew Wiggins leading them over. And Draymond Green came out with a lot more aggressiveness, uh, with a lot more aggressiveness. But Jason Tatum, bro, if he's a superstar like we saying, his young ass got to step up in moments like, 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 this and he didn't step up in game five in that fourth quarter when they needed him, man. Well, well,
1: two uh, uh, you know, I'll take one thing from each organization, Doc, as we go forward, and, and probably on based on what we already seen. Um, I I think one with the Golden State Warriors that Klay Thompson is rounding back into form. Thanks. I mean, before his injuries, we always considered him one of the best two-way players in the league because his defense was was stoic. I mean, it, it took guys like Kawhi Leonard to really just, you know, put, give him the business, but everybody else, he could, he could control them on a the defensive end and still hit his shots, Doc, and still give you the offensive production, you know, that he was known for giving. I think he's rounding back into that right now before our eyes. I think his legs are coming back under him and uh, that little flicker of a jump shot that he has, man, that he can get off real quick. You know, I, be honest, it reminds me of your jump shot, Doc, but he gets it off so fast, man, that it's it's, it's deadly when when he, when he he's in rhythm. Now, the second thing is about the Boston Celtics, Doc. I mean, you mentioned the word superstar with Jason Taylor. And I think recently here, it was probably after game two or after game three, you know, he was at the podium and he verbalized something, Doc. And I believe, I mean, my, it, uh, listen, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, you know, what you allow to come through your thinking uh, and through your mouth is what you create and is what you order and you have to have it. I mean, I just saw him at that podium questioning if he was or wasn't a superstar at that moment. And Doc it's showing up in these games. He's playing like a star, not a superstar. He's playing like a guy who's who's overthinking things inside his brain and his mind and just. Uh, you know, double thinking. Uh, you know, he has he has two thoughts about one subject. So a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Doc, he is at the end of games imploding. It, 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 he's 22. He it, sometimes he looks like when he's shooting jump shots that his legs aren't there, like uh, his strength isn't there for a guy that's 22, 23 years old. Doc, I mean, it, it, like he's NBA old. So I think it started right there at that podium where we started to see. Uh, a a downswing of Jason Tatum which is something that right now the Boston Celtics don't want to see because when you look at the history of the Celtics you look at Larry Bird you just look at Larry Bird you're like oh man I'm gonna stop Larry Bird he ain't doing nothing today but Larry Bird never thought like that Larry Bird believed he was the best player on the planet at all times with I don't care who's on the court sharing the court with him uh Julius Irvin, Dr. J Magic Johnson it didn't matter He would tell you what he was going to do and then complete it. So that mentality is not there with Jason Tatum right now, as far as being a superstar athlete, superstar Boston Celtic, and a guy who needs to put this team on the shoulder right now. I think he's standing on their shoulders doc. And and they don't know, they can't afford that doc going into game six. Is it possible for him to change his mind? Of course. He can change course in, in the moment of a second by just, you know, canceling the words that he spoke and and putting out more different words, powerful, conducive to him being a superstar. And uh, I think that's where they got in trouble, at a podium and not at a free throw line.
0: You're making a good point, man. That's the thing with Jason Tatum. He has to realize, bro, you have to think. Even if you don't know it and believe, you have to project that, that you're the best player, that you're the coldest dude on the court, man. So for him to make another step, he has to understand and get that in his head. Like, look, I'm the coldest cat. On his court, man. You can't have any doubt. And if you do, you can't verbalize that, bro. And you're right. Cause I think I don't think he understands now. In order for them to win a championship, his ass gotta play like a superstar. Jalen Brown does this thing, that's your boy, man. But Jalen Brown had five damn turnovers, dog. He only what 18 points? Didn't hit a three-pointer. And he's been playing, he's been he's been playing like the best Celtic in this series. But I'm with you with that, man. Jason Tatum has to get to a point where he has to grow up mentally and emotionally mature and look in the mirror and be like look dog i don't give a damn if i miss 15 shots in the fourth quarter when we're down double digits y'all actually gonna have to be mad at me because i'm gonna take the shot i'm finna drive i'm gonna do something because he's one of those players if he's aggressive good things are going to happen and he'll give foul calls he may yam on somebody some of those shots to go down even if you three of, of 17 in the fourth quarter when y'all down you got to do that but i think the fact that Steph Curry struggling. He so happened struggling on a, on a night where Jordan Poole gave him some. What Jordan Poole gave him fourteen points, four of eight from three point range, three of six. Then Gary Payton II, fifteen points, six eight from the field. When you look at the bench points, man, Golden State think bench points thirty. Let me see. Yeah, they outscored the Boston Celtics bench thirty-one to ten, bro. So Boston Celtics bench didn't give him a, a damn thing. So you catch Steph Curry on a night where he can't hit a damn shot. And I think Boston, man, I, I think they let this, if they had any chance of winning this series, I, I ain't going to even lie, bro. I think they let it slip right there, man, because Golden State still beat you with, with, with superstar man playing like that. Y'all asses might be out of gas. they probably going to win game six. But they go, when they come back, if, they, if they're going back to Boston with 93 octane in the tank, they're coming back to San Francisco with 87, bro, because they're going to be out of gas. And I don't think they're going to do it, though.
1: Well, I I tell you what, I think the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, I I think those guys, they smell blood in the water right here, Doc. So, I mean, you you know, you didn't have the best game five from Steph Curry, who's projecting to be uh, the finals MVP, uh, followed by a close second by Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think they smell blood. And I think, you know, with game six on the line, I think they're going to go out, win this game six on Boston Celtics turf on their floor, and celebrate on the floor man i just i just think it's shaping up that way with what a monster game from steph curry uh you know with another great game from andrew wiggins defensively and offensively and like i say clay thompson man he is rounding back into form right for our eyes and he is known clay thompson is known as mr game six so i think it ends in boston dog and we get ready for the nfl season after this
0: I'm ready for the NFL season too, man. We're gonna slip to the NFL very shortly, but I gotta give some credit to Draymond. He came out more aggressive than what what the hell he did the game before, bro. In game four, when he scored it. two points or something like that, he he was horrible, man. But he came out. He had eight points. His ass had six fouls. Dude and fouled out three times in the NBA Finals, man, three times. But that's what Golden State wants him to do. They don't really need him on the court to win, and they won again, even though he fouled out. He's that aggressive dude, so. All right, you say it ends in Boston. I think Boston wins game six and take it back to the Bay in games because I see Boston's kind of rowdy as hell, man. They, they, they may rattle. But, you know, it's Golden State. And I expect State Steph to have a, a, a bounce-back game, but I also expect those Boston bench players to play better because a lot of times bench players, they play better at the crib than they do on the road and they ain't get nothing from the bench, man. You know, even Al Horford, he didn't, he didn't even have a good game, so. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, hell, that can go in because I'm ready for the NFL season to start. Casting mandatory camps this week. I it's one dude we've been looking for, we've been looking at, wondering what the hell he's gonna do, man. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. He missed all three, I think I'll missed all three weeks of voluntary OTAs for the first time and it's going into his fifth year now since he's been there. He wants that loot. But Baltimore said, we ready to give you the loot. You ain't trying to talk to us. But he showed up to mandatory minicamp for Baltimore Ravens, man. Uh, he's up for a new deal. Now he showed up. like let me see. I think he said to make 23 million dollars next season. How much? Let me see how much. Is that right, bro? Yes. 23 million dollars. And I think Baltimore was like, Yeah, we 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 want to talk to him, but we waiting on him. And he doesn't have an agent, which I ain't mad at him on that. Don't here, don't get no money away if you don't have to. It's 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 you know how much money people have been paying. But uh, he ain't got the deal yet, but he there. Right decision for Lamar, bro, to go? I mean, I guess he don't want to be fine. It's mandatory minicamp, but right decision for him to go?
1: Well, Doc, we, we talk about a lot of people who, who have worked in corporate America for a very long time. And then they get that inch, they kind of go out and do their own thing. So we call that betting on yourself. Uh, there's no different in this. I mean, Lamar Jackson has a style of play that's not like any other quarterback that's in the league right now. I mean, he's probably taking more hits far above the next person behind him as far as quarterback is concerned. But Doc, he is very, very productive in what he does, man. He is that team's leader. Uh, he's the first guy off the bus for them. He has that mentality that the Baltimore Ravens played with. And, and Doc, at times... Um, what you're what you're asking Lamar to do is carry that team the way he did last year. We were talking about Lamar being the MVP candidate all the way through, I think about week nine, week 10, before he had that ankle injury and ended up not playing the last four games of the season. And how the Baltimore Ravens were just decimated with injuries got from a running back standpoint. They had to go out and sign two guys off the street to play running back. They lost their left tackle, who got a a, a couple couple weeks into the season and now with the addition of everything that they brought into the fold via free agency to protect Lamar gave him some weapons on the outside, drafted I think two or three more tight ends Doc, it's setting up for Lamar Jackson to have one of these seasons. He's already had an MVP season let's just say it's setting up for him to have another MVP season and as long as it takes for Lamar we won't put it on the Baltimore Ravens with just keeping on Lamar because he's, he's controlling the scenario. He's controlling the narrative of of this contract situation. I won't call it the dispute because they are waiting on him to come to the table, but doc, he's banking on himself. He's banking on that. He can win an MVP and not only that, but take his team to the, to the uh, playoffs again, win this division, that AFC North division and possibly represent the AFC in a super bowl. That's everything he's banking on now. Let's look at that promised land, Doc. What what would that say? I mean, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play in this league is already making $50 million. He has four MVPs, one Super Bowl championship. Uh, But the market has been set by him. Let's look at what's happening in Cleveland right now. You have a quarterback that hasn't played in a full season, probably won't play most of this year. He has a $230 million guaranteed contract, Doc. So with all that said, that's all on the table right there for Lamar. I got I to applaud the young man because, um, you know, his belief is within, is, is within himself. He's trusting himself in this process. So that $230 million guarantee, good bump to probably $330 million guaranteed contract for one Lamar Jackson, man, if he plays it the way he sees it. I believe he sees it playing out. So
0: I applaud him for it now. I mean, I ain't mad at him either, man, because, you know, uh, uh, can't nobody tell you how your life supposed to go. A lot of times you don't even know, bro, because it's all up to the most high. But I'm looking to the, at the point that if you right the son, Watson, man, got five years, two hundred and thirty million guaranteed. Josh Allen got a six year, two hundred and fifty eight million dollar deal. But the son, all of his is guaranteed. Now, the son Watson got that. The son is good, but he's not Lamar Jackson. My whole point is, man, get that money, bro. Just go ahead and get it, man. Cause you're gonna—they gonna give you at least two hundred to two hundred and fifty million right now, bro. He probably can act for fifty-seven million dollars a year. Ike, we got dang, bro. Go get that, look, man. You can start generational wealth. Damn a Super Bowl, damn Pro Bowl, man. I don't care nothing about all that, no, bro. Cats go to the league to do what? Get paid. Now, if you can win a Super Bowl in the midst of getting paid, great, bro. That's great. Cause I ask anybody, not you. I asked the average fan who said No, I, I asked a great fan who won a Super Bowl three years ago. They asked one, one made the answer. They had to go look it up. But you would know if a cat was in the league and went broke. Oh, that man lost all that money. Dog, go get that loot, Lamar. I'm with you. Damn the agent, man. Because I like that you're keeping the money within the family. Damn, bro, go get that loot, Ike B. Forget all this, man. Well,
1: dog, maybe, maybe he knows something. Maybe he knows something that we know maybe he knows that he's a covenant covenant child and that all things are his, they belong to him and, and, and money just doesn't, I mean, I, I, it's, it's important, but it doesn't move him like that. I mean, I, 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 it's evident in, in his approach to this contract situation, I have to say that he believes that money shouldn't move you. You should make your decision not based on money, but based on truth. So therefore, I mean, that's maybe his approach, Doc. I mean, like like we say, he's a quarterback that that plays differently from just about every other quarterback in the league, probably except Josh Allen. And we call it Kamikaze. I think he plays a a superior brand of football. But at the same time, he can also throw the football around, Doc. I mean, you compare his numbers to Patrick Mahomes, it's there. And they play a great brand of defense And that AFC North, Doc, it's putting him in a great situation to, like I say, to win an MVP, to to go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. And when you're truly focused on those things, MVP, going to Super Bowl, Doc, the money comes, Doc. The money follows you. The money will run you down. Ask, Ask Joe Flacco. It will run you down. So maybe his focus is on those things, those accolades, those trophies. And with those trophies, those accolades, money always comes. And I like to say it to myself all the time. Money,
0: you come to me, you come to me. I don't go to you, you come to me. Well, money is trying to come to him. Money is literally looking at him like, hey, well, I'm here, I'm here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm right here, Lamar, you, you know me, you know me, but I see the... I don't know if he's doing this or not, but I know a lot of times, bro, when you playing hard to get, you become even more wanted. You know, like, oh, they, they still... Well, we got dinner at seven o'clock. Are they still there? Damn, they still sitting there, it's 9.30. Oh damn, they still they still sitting there, it's midnight. All of them, they just sitting there, they just waiting on you. I ain't put my clothes on yet. Tell them I'll be there. They're like, damn, it might be really something about him. I want him. So he might be playing hard to get. I ain't mad at him, bro, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I'm getting impatient. I had to work on my patience and I'm getting impatient for his ass. I'm like, bro. You 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 can start generational on top of generational on top of generational wealth,
1: but you to start in your thinking. It does, that man. That starts in your thinking.
0: Damn. Man. When it's I hear 57 million dollars a year, average bro that he can get, and I think Aaron Rodgers making 50. You look at yeah. these cats, man. Derek Carr got three years, 125 and a half, 121 and a half million. He's better than Derek Carr. Patrick Mahomes, 45 million a year. Dak Prescott 40 million a year. Kirk Cousins, 35 million a year. So Lamar Jackson can go right there and say, man, give me $57 million. Because you ain't finna find nobody else like me. All these dudes locked down. Anybody that you can compare to me, in the NFL, they already got long-term deals. So what you going to do?
1: And let me ask you this, Doc. As a defensive coordinator, as a defensive player, put your mind, put, your, put yourself in those mindsets. From all those guys that you just named, who would you be more fearful of facing on Sunday?
0: Lamar Jackson. I ain't going to even lie. Thank you. I would. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can flick it, and he's accurate, and he can throw the deep ball. Then he can get gone on your ass, bro. Seriously. So M- Lamar Jackson is the the uh, the scariest quarterback in the NFL. I don't give a damn what nobody else t- says. Now, Aaron Rodgers got that quick release. He he flicks it. Patrick Mahomes does his thing. But Lamar Jackson is the scariest dude in the league. But I think he's been hit like more than 800 times in his career so far going into his fifth year. But when you are running quarterback like that, that happens. Let me ask you this before we move on. This is what I don't understand, bro. When they always talk about running quarterback, you shouldn't be a running quarterback. Uh, you can't win that way. Ike, right. the purpose of the NFL is football is to move the ball down the field, correct? Does it matter how you get down the field, dog, if you, if you throw the ball 30 yards or if you run it? Does it matter? Your ass still 30 yards down the field, right? I don't understand when they say that about running quarterback. You can't win that way. Man, the purpose is to get the damn ball down the field and to score touchdowns. So, Lamar, I'm with you, brother, I, I, and, and, and salute to you, man, because I like the way you always show up looking like a warrior, bro. But I'm like getting – I'm like, man, I'' going to get that money, man. But I think he's going to get it done within now and, you know what I'm saying, when camp starts.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too, Doc. If I had to bet on it, I mean, I think he, they they get, the, they get the deal done. I think this week is an important week for them. Uh, he's in town. He's in the building. The general manager is in the building, so they'll be peeking and looking at him. And uh, they'll probably be looking at each other, sit down and have lunch and probably get the ball rolling, Doc. I mean, uh, let's be real. Without them saying a word, the ball has already been rolling. And when you just look at the guys in their division that have been getting paid, uh, Deshaun Watson, guys in, in Buffalo, what they've been getting paid, they already have a starting point uh, to to not engage Lamar, but for Lamar to engage him. So he's in a great place, Doc. I think he's controlling uh, what he can control in this situation is controllable
0: by him. Yeah, man, and he and he, like I said, no agent, man, no middleman, so he can keep that percentage, bro. Because all you got to do, go to the NFL PA and say, "Hey, man, give me a structure of that contract that this dude right here signed. I want exactly everything that's in. It. Give it to me. Let me look at it and let me bump these numbers up right here and leave. Because you know how you know how it should be structured. You know how it should go. Because they'll give you a copy of them and." I'm with you though, Lamar. Make the ass, make the ass stay at the dinner table and wait on your ass, man. Food, cold, and everything, man. Damn, water, ice and melted in the water. Tea don't taste no t- taste good no more. They still waiting on you, bro, because they want you. hell. Ain't nothing they can do without you, man. So get that loop, man. I just hope he goes, goes ahead and sign that extension, man. And, uh, because I think he wants to stay in Baltimore. And speaking of extension, man, uh, damn, bro, our Rams been spending loop, bro. You know, Cooper Cup kind of kept it quiet. You know, saw, he saw all these receivers getting all this loot, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams and, you know, other cats. He's like, hmm, I ain't going to say much. He, I think he took your approach when you was up for a new deal. So when they paid AD. Cooper didn't say nothing. He's like, nah, I ain't trying to reset the market. I, I know I led the league in receptions. and You know, make sure you say that. I know I led the league in receptions and receiving yards and touchdown. I'm the Super Bowl MVP, but I'm cool. I'm straight. Ram said, that's cool, man. Let's give his ass. So they give him a three-year, $80 million extension, bro. $75 million guaranteed soon as he signs, man. Worth $110 million over five years. Bro, the Rams, where the hell are they getting this money from, man? But they're doing the right thing, man, because if anybody deserves this loot, Aaron Donald deserves it and Cooper Cup deserves
1: it. Uh, You know what? Maybe Lamar Jackson and Cooper Cup are taking the approach that I took because you, you hear very little coming from those camps. You heard very little coming from cooper Cooper cups camp. and, and Doc, many a times in these situations, uh, your actions on the field speak louder than you know you 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 going and petitioning uh, a, a man for a contract extension or or a raise. but you know we all we know raises don't come from uh, from man or yeah. from the east or from the West. But Doc, I mean, the thing about that is that you know they just take a, take different approaches, and uh you know, he was rewarded for. Uh, having a phenomenal, the best uh, season that a wide receiver has ever had in the National Football League, man. And I applaud the Rams for taking care of their players because back in, way, way back in the day, it was a time when the, when the Rams, Los Angeles and St. Louis, they, they, did, they just didn't take care of the players that they drafted. So we're seeing differently right now. These guys being taken care of. Uh, we're keeping our playmakers in the fold, allowing them to get that second and third contract within their – uh, confines that they're in, that they don't have to switch cities, go somewhere, buy a new house and that type of stuff. Uh, and they can feel comfortable coming back and doing everything they got to do for the for the Rams. The Cooper Cup is, is an example of that, man. Um, unfortunately, many times, we don't talk about him as being the best wide receiver in the league. But from a st- statistical standpoint, man, he's had the best season by a wide receiver ever in the National Football League. He's a triple crown winner. So um salutes to him. Congratulations to him, to the Rams, to keeping him in the fold and uh taking care of our own man and keeping him
0: in-house. He's not the best receiver in the NFL, though. I mean, he's good. He's not the best though. I mean, I know he put up the big numbers. He's not the best. That's just me. I, I Cooper Cup. He's outstanding, but he's not the best receiver in the NFL. You know, sorry, because a lot of times he, he in the slot. So a lot of times you're in the slot, you got other dudes who, you know, trying to trying to guard you, strong safeties and linebackers and stuff like that. So he's in the slot, he gets underneath. So you got other dudes that's trying to, and he's too slippery for them. But, you know, salute to you, Cooper Cup, <laughs> by getting that loop, man, and salute to our Rams for making it happen, man. Uh, uh, somebody who, I, who is considered the best receiver in the league, Tyreek Hill, man, before we get out of here, you know, he signed with Miami Dolphins. Now he's getting like 30 million dollars a year. He got a big contract too. But Cooper Cup, I think the Rams, man, Cooper Cup, the highest paid, you know, non-quarterback receiver or something like that. most guaranteed money ever given to the NFL receiver. That's what the Rams gave Cooper Cup because he's productive. Uh, he's not the best receiver in the NFL, though. But he's productive. He's super productive. But Tyreek Hill left Kansas City at Miami now. He got a little podcast. Now he said, Yeah, yeah, Tua, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but Tua is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, bro, of course you're going to say that now, man, because y'all in shorts and helmets, bro. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I ain't mad at Tyreek Hill for saying that. He's been catching flack from some of these damn analysts. Why are you saying that? Bro, he's really trying to give tour probably with some confidence, but y'all in shorts and helmets, man. So, of course, he's going to be more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Things change when that heat start getting on that ass, but you see anything wrong with Tyreek Hill saying that, man?
1: Well, not at all, Doc. I mean, you know, every every frog loves his own pond. And, uh, you know, I've said many occasions, Doc, you know, we shouldn't be in the business of killing our wounded. Uh, we should be in the, in the business of helping to rescue and repairing and restoring our wounded. So, you know, that it's Tyrese Hill's job right now to make sure the guy that's throwing him the football is first First of all, build up on the inside, Doc. I mean, Tyreek Hill has played some uh, tremendous football on on a lot of levels, on the highest level. Uh, He's played in Super Bowls. Uh, He's played in high-level playoff games. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa hasn't done that right now. So I think, you know, from that veteran leadership skill set that Tyreek possesses, he can start to impart some of the confidence that he has, that he picked up from Andy Reid, that he picked up from the Eric B. Enemies of the world. And start to impart it into, into not only this Miami Dolphin organization as a whole, but the guy that's going to be throwing him the football, Doc. I think that's important to have that. You know, so many times we go out as a wide receiver, as a quarterback, and we go run routes. We go get get some throws in. We go, we go uh, do some patent go between each other. Uh, and all that's physical, Doc. But I think the important thing is is those quiet moments when you're sitting at the locker room. And you're pumping up Tua or Tua is pumping you up, reminding you just how great you are, reminding you of some of those great moments that you had at the University of Alabama and some of the great moments that you had in the league. So those things start to carry over to the football field and possibly uh, with tour's accuracy. Now, if you had to go down a list and you had Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and you had Tua Tagovailoa, on this list and you were you were rating the characteristics of a quarterback and who would win who gets the check who doesn't get the check and you had 10 of them I think you know to be honest Patrick Mahomes would get, get nine of them Tua would get one of them now if that one is accuracy and, and that's what Tyreek who's who's starting to play with both of those guys he has that opinion I mean I, I guess it could be accurate he has Tua has to win in something because he's a he's a he's a a uh, 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 NFL quarterback, where there's only 32 of those jobs, Doc. He has to win in at least one category. I mean, let's let's be real. Give him something. So if Tyreek Hill says he's more accurate than a Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he better be. He better be at something. At least one of those deals, man. I mean, but when you're when you're building a quarterback, and when you're building a guy that you want to play, you know, want to be uh, uh, your quarterback for the next couple of years, I think Patrick Mahomes is that guy that you pick. I mean, probably over a lot of other quarterbacks in the league as
0: well. Yeah, Tyreek Hill just trying to—he trying to brainwash him and program him, man, to make him think and make him know, make him think like he more accurate. But he got it too, man. That's his damn quarterback, bro. I don't know what you know, hell uh, they expect him to say, man. So I ain't got a problem with that at all, bro. And plus, he want that rock. Well, it so
1: was cool. his own podcast, so the question—you yeah. know—so it's not what they expect him to say. That's just what he brought out, Doc. It's just you know, you know, he got a list like we have a list.
0: Exactly. I'm glad he said it. I mean, that, that's what he's supposed to say. But anything else you yeah. want to say? before we get up out of here, bro?
1: No, it's, it's creeping around, Doc. I mean, training camp is starting to happen. Uh, we, you know, for me, basically, uh, you know, when, when I play professional football, you know, I, I have my, my time sets, my, my time markers that I'd set. You know, you got that, that month of June after the mandatory minute camp. You get one month off to go back to where you are, and you start to get your mind right for the season. You start to get your mind right for training camp, and uh, you, start, you start getting your mind right for the preseason game. And after that U.S. Open in in New York, that tennis tournament, you you start to say, oh, oh, now, Doc, here it is. It's here. There's no turning back. So everything that these guys are putting in, uh, you know, getting prepared for this season, man, it's happening right now, Doc. I mean, these guys are preparing at a very high level. The the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Tours of the world, the Tyreek Hills of the world, they are preparing to have a super season. And, uh, you know, I love seeing these guys go out and compete. And uh, we got what, what I say one more NBA finals game, and then we'll be full fledged into the NFL season.
0: Yes, sir. And training camp sucks. <laughs> but anyway, that's going to do it for another great episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. We talk sports because we know sports. We out.